Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. What's that keyboard you got? Hi again, Tales from Tech Support. I'm having a great time at my new job. Everyone's great and I love all my customers. So I thought I'd share another positive story with you guys. They make me happy. Today's story starts during quite a hectic time. Everyone's getting back from vacation and we're all slammed. During these times, I like to work from the front desk area. We get a couple workstations there where we can hook our laptops into. This way I can greet customers as they come to the desk rather than them calling the bell or waiting. Hello, a voice calls from in front of me, and I peer over my monitors. Hello. Normal stuff, she's forgotten her password during her vacation and needs a new one. I walk back over to my PC to set her up. Curious. Oh, what's that keyboard you got? The keys are very high. I've brought my own keyboard to work, a basic Rocat Vulcan 80, but it's mechanical and does the job. From the angle she's looking at it, though, which is straight on, it looks very space-age. Me. Oh, I brought my own. I hate the ones we have here. Curious. What's special about it? The keys look like they're on stilts. Me. It's mechanical. It's actual mechanical switches rather than a mushy membrane that you press down on. It's great and stresses my hands less. Curious. That's nice. The keyboards here are bad. Is it better to type on? Me. I think so. At least for me. Personal preference, I think. I set her up with a new password. She thanks me for my time and help. I love happy, cheerful customers. A week passes and I get a chirp on Skype. It's curious and she wants me to come to her workstation. She needs some help setting her laptop up. I head up to her floor and find her standing by her desk, giddy with excitement. Curious. Oh, hi, freak. I got me one of those mechanical keyboards. Where can I plug it in? A week earlier, this lady had never heard about different types of keyboards and probably never even tried a mechanical one. This was not just any keyboard. It was a freaking custom build. Looked crazy expensive and extremely pretty. Me. Wow, that's nice. Where did you find that? Curious. I looked around. Did you know you can build your own keyboards? I found a webpage that let you pick your parts and someone builds it for you. I made a green one. Oh, oh, and listen to the sound it makes. Thok, 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 thok. Me, in absolute amazement, mind you. This lady's 50 plus. Wow, so what you do is connect the keyboard directly to the screen. It acts as a hub for your PC. Curious. That's easy, I can do that myself next time. Thank you again, freak. These users keep amazing me. Not only did she manage to find terms to Google from our short conversation, she also managed to get a keyboard customized and built for her. I've got a creeping suspicion that she now knows more about the keyboard than I do. Maybe I should ask her for advice in the future. That's pretty cool, man. Sounds like she really appreciates the mechanical keyboard. I know my mom would probably appreciate a mechanical keyboard uh, much more than I would. I I don't mind the key height and everything like that. Uh, after a while, the clicking and tapping kind of gets on my nerves a little bit. Um, I do like higher keys. This is sort of a generic Logitech. Um, it feels semi-mechanical, if that makes sense. It's probably still a membrane. I didn't even look. But, you know, I can't switch the keys out or anything like that. But my mom, having worked as a legal secretary her whole life, was used to mechanical typewriters and things like that, electric typewriters with the manual keys. And uh, she was actually very, very fast with them. So, yeah, I bet she'd enjoy that. Not sure she'd care so much about customizing it, though.
a textual screaming match. A long time ago, aka I'm taking a few creative liberties, I worked for a megacorp with a piece of fruit as its logo. I was in the lowest tier of support, the dregs as it were, taking phone calls and answering chats. Megacorp prided itself on its customer service, and we received a month of training from a very cool lady who was friends with Alan Tudyk. But that's besides the point. I know I should know who that is, but I really don't. One of the things I got out of this training was that if someone were chatting to you in all caps, which was more common than you might think, you could use the phrase, I think you've left your caps lock key on. Although I chuckled at the time, after getting on the floor, I quickly came to realize that this phrase was very useful. You would think it would make them angrier, but for some reason, customers would often snap out of their rages and talk reasonably. One day I received a chat. Me. Hi, thanks for contacting Megacorp. I see you're having issues with our cloud services. How can I help you today? Customer, in all caps. I can't get into the cloud thing. Oh, great, another screamer. Me. Okay, sorry to hear that. What happens when you try to log in? Customer. I can't log in. It doesn't recognize my password. I've already changed it three times. Me. Okay, let me see what I can do. Customer. I need help. I'm picturing this person screaming and banging their head against the keyboard repeatedly. Me. I'm very sorry you're experiencing these issues. I've just sent you a password reset link to your email. Go ahead and click it when you get it. Customer. It's not working. Me. What happens when you click the link? Customer. It doesn't work. Okay, I've had enough of the shouting. Time to use the phrase. Me. Customer, it seems like you've left your caps lock key on. Would you be able to turn that off? Customer, no. Darn, backfired. Customer, I can't see very well. It's easier to see. Dope, I realized I had totally misjudged the situation. This lady wasn't shouting at me at all. She was just an older lady with vision problems. So I started typing. Me, okay, I can talk to you like this if that's better. Customer, yes. Me, Click the reset password link again and let me know what comes up. Customer. Okay. We continue shouting back and forth and after about 15 minutes or so I've solved her problem. Before I close the chat, my coworker walks by and looks at me ensconce. Dude, are you yelling at the customer? I just laugh. It's called constructive screaming. <laughs> constructive screaming. I do need to remember that one. And by the way, don't judge me for not knowing that name. Uh, I'm not an Apple guy, so... If you know who it is, let us all know down in the chat below. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one, but anyway. How to stop outsourcing mid-transition. Backdrop. I work as a lowly desktop tech for a large international company that isn't quite a bank, but our security requirements and the size of our financial and accounting teams would give them a run for their money. I wasn't really involved in this story. I was just a fly on the wall that got some of the initial reports of the problem. Background. We have a pretty ubiquitous piece of financial and accounting software in our company that's got two different versions with two different licenses. One is from the good old days when you could actually just straight up buy software and has a perpetual per computer license. Support for this was dropped by the vendor in the last couple years. The other is a new SAAS version with a yearly per user subscription. A lot of people still have the old version of the software because, well, it just works. The different versions are compatible with each other. If the old one breaks for someone and we can't fix it, they get the new version. If you get a new computer, you get the new version. New hires get the new version. Everyone else just continues as normal. Most of our user base is on the new version, but there's a sizable portion of people who are still on the old version. 
Everyone in our financial and accounting departments all use this software. If your job even thinks about the company's money, you probably have this software, so that's still a large number of installs. We've been talking about getting ahead of the old version slowly dwindling away by pushing everyone onto the new one in a more deliberate way, but that hasn't really gained traction because, well, it just works. In a very relevant footnote, we also have a team that manages, among other things, software deployments. That team is in the middle of being outsourced and the new people are struggling to catch up with all of our processes. I'm sure some of you have figured out where this is going, but here's the story anyway. Quiet day, everything's working except the printers. Business as usual. It's month end, so everyone has their head glued to their screen. We're mostly remote, but still have a good number of people in the office, myself included today. So I'm here to witness people getting up and saying all sorts of not office appropriate exclamations of surprise. One by one, the cubes have heads popping out of them, looking around, asking each other what happened, some looking considerably distressed. So I sigh, get up, and ask what's going on. Turns out every single one of them that had been working in their old financial software had it suddenly closed with no message or option to save. And when they go to reopen it, the icon is gone. When I look for the software, it's just gone. Uninstalled like it was never even there. If you guess that someone from the new team had overheard old software and no longer supported and decided to push an uninstall of the old software to every single machine in the entire company without consulting anyone, well then you guessed wrong. He did consult someone, several someones even. The problem is that those someones were on the same team who got brought in the very same day he did. They didn't think to ask the people who they were replacing, who had been there for years. The affected departments didn't appreciate the busiest time of their month being spent waiting for installs and downloads. And as it turns out, the people who handle all the money have a good amount of pull with the people who make decisions. So for the first time in Tales from Tech Support history, the day was saved by accounting. I don't care how important you think you are or how high up the chain you actually are. You really need to kind of ask around and, you know, get a feel for what's going on before you start making these decisions. Ultimately, you're going to screw things up. You want to change images five minutes before the demo? Not sure if a developer catering to the inane requests of bosses count as tech support, but you be the judge. Also, I'm not on mobile, but on new keyboard layout, so ignore any typos. The year 2018, I was in my second year of bachelor's. In the middle of being a depressed math student and a financially struggling teen, I got a part-time job as a web developer in a recently formed startup. The three co-founders were the CEO, CTO, and CFO, and they were college students themselves, hardly two years older than me, so we were very friendly, and being an excellent performer, I was the only one allowed to work from home. This startup was very new and they had a product idea that wasn't implemented, but they raised some funds and were working with one mentor company owned by one of the VCs. They would provide us with funding and office space, and in return they would subcontract some of their work with us. My job was in that department. Mind you, we were tiny, about five employees and three interns, so most of the time I'd be the only one working on a project. I was the developer, DevOps, sysadmin, and also intern trainer. But one day we got a massive project. The entire company was pulled into the project. We were working with another team from the mentor company, and the VC was personally overseeing the entire thing. This other team had been developing the project for about a month when we came to the scene. The project was to build a kid's clothing store. We were writing the back end in Node.js to communicate in Magneto, to communicate in Magento, and the front end in View Storefront. 
Turns out that the other team had been working on the back end only for the last month, and the front end is basically the default storefront installation. There's a demo in three days, and the VC will be presenting the demo himself. He says, I'll show them the default view storefront UI itself. They won't understand. Not sure if view storefront has changed in the last four years or if we had changed something, but the default installation was a clothing store. Seems to still be the case, except UI was different. So we were half good. The day of the demo arrives. I'm sitting at home. Five minutes before the start of the demo, boss calls me. Boss. The VC asked if changing the front page images is possible. It's supposed to be a kid's store and he doesn't like the obscene pictures. The obscene pictures were just some ladies. Me. Are you kidding? Change the images? In five minutes? Boss. Yeah, you can do it. I've collected some images. So I SSH into the server. I intended to simply replace the images on the server with new ones, but it turns out I didn't have write permission to the directory but I had pseudo access to a select few commands, NGINX being one of them. This gave me an idea. I put the images in a folder and renamed to match the names of the actual images. All the images were being requested at a specific URL, like forward slash image. So I wrote an NGINX rule to redirect the image to port 8000 and started a Python simple HTTP server at port 8000, which served the new images in, boom. The images changed. Day saved. All this time the boss was constantly pinging and calling me asking if I can go faster. I immediately closed my laptop and told my boss that I had done my job and my laptop was now broken and I was taking it for repair. I went out for a much needed walk. Yeah, there's always somebody that wants to change something last minute. It's always urgent, always has to be done now, and is usually something that can't be done in the allotted time. In the field of construction, it happens all the time. People, you know, order custom cabinetry and they want to change the hardware. They want to change the doors. They want to change the wood type after everything's been built. And uh, then they want to scream and holler because of the upcharges. But anyway, that's a whole other story. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.